course is the unmistakable sound of the beginning of the talking headset and board under punches the heat goes on from the incredible october 31st 1996 halloween show at the omni in atlanta georgia and we're lucky enough to have a sound check from that for today so welcome everybody to episode 46 of the daily sound check i am your host mike lawn memo minio Welcome back. We're moving right along here. Good to be back and appreciate everybody reaching back out to me today and saying how happy they were that the Daily Soundcheck is back. We're going to keep pumping some episodes out. So we're back. Um, Official Soundcheck again today and we'll talk a little bit about the impact of the Halloween show here in 1996. Uh, We'll talk about the Soundcheck and I'll play a cool tune for you. Uh, Before we get going here, Of course, the Daily Soundcheck is a proud partner of the Osiris Podcast Network, which you can find at OsirisPod.com. 
Uh, you can also check us out on the web at thedailysoundcheck.com and a really great place to find all our episodes. You can check us out on iTunes, on Stitcher, and of course, the best way to follow me is on Twitter at Lawn Memo. I'll tweet, you know, 40, 50 times a day because that's how I roll. So let's get into today's show, and we got a lot to talk about. So again, we're on Halloween 1996, which was played at the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Now, the Omni is uh, no longer around. It was completed in 1972 and built, and then it closed in 1997. Barely lasted uh, 25 years. And the Omni, when it was built, was ahead of its time. Um, They tried some cool innovations with the way the roof was built and the steel. Very incredibly unique architecture. So you should check that out. I'll have some pictures on the website. It kind of has these cones in the ceiling. And eventually, due to the crazy, you know, heat in Atlanta, you know, some people call it hot Atlanta, um, those started to erode and corrode. And eventually, people-sized holes began developing in the Omni. You could fit through the walls, and they started using chicken wire in order to block people from getting into this these area. There was all kinds of leaks going on in the Omni. So it was really... A cool place, but it ended up being a big failure. So it was closed and destroyed in 1997, and then they built the State Farm Arena right next to it, and it's kind of in the footprint of you know what the Omni was. So a who's who of people played here at the Omni. I mean, there's Elvis, there is Metallica. They at Metallica actually played the last concert ever at the Omni. Zeppelin, Deep Purple, The Stones, Sinatra, The Police. Uh, the, the Dead played there in 1990, and that was part of the Without a Net out live album. So, you know, really, a who's who has played there, Elvis, 12 times. I mean, that's a pretty good amount. So, you know, it's Cassad, another, another place in fish history, especially, you know, with this important show in fish history that's not around anymore. So I want to talk a little bit about this show. And of course, more importantly, about the second set, which was the Talking Heads cover for Halloween. Now, this was the first time that Fish actually chose the Halloween show or set themselves and didn't let the audience pick. And there's a lot of stories about how Trey was really into this and he had to convince the band and then they all got on board. Well, they had to practice a lot of different things going on with this Talking Heads album. And there's a lot of layered vocals, and there's a great interview that floats around with David Byrne, and they talk about how important it was to use harmonies and how that changed the way that they sang. And they had to get into all this different, you know, singing and harmonies in order to perform the second set. You also had these deep pocket grooves that were Afro, kind of calyptic beats that was completely different than what they were rocking in 1996 and 95. So this was a big turning point in the way that Fish was going to perform the rest of this tour and more importantly how it springboarded them into 1997. So learning all these different harmonies and all these different beats was really something that Fish had to take on and really get into. And you'll see, you know, very quickly after the show, you know, Carl Perrazzo sat in with them, former Santana rhythmic drummer. He sat in with the show and he played with them for a week. And that really springboarded an entirely different sound for Fish. 
So if you want to take a look at certain turning points in fish history of where they were before and where they went after, I think this show is as important as any other show that they've played. Really things changed here. So we'll talk a little bit about, um, you know, this was a big show that was sold out. There was a ton of fake tickets going around. You have multiple different kind of tales about the police. Uh, There's a girl on Twitter, Tribe Girl 4. She said she was lost and she got incredible help and everyone was yelling, go fish. There's another story. Someone sent me that there was cops on one side and fish fish fans on the other. So, you know, kind of an interesting scene there. But it's just the importance of this show is crazy. Now, the other kind of strange thing is, sure, the talking heads were big, but they weren't a huge part of the fish fan base love as they are now. This was kind of fish knew how great talking heads were and kind of showed the rest of the fish community how amazing this band was. And many, many of us have gotten into Talking Heads because Fish covered them for Halloween. Uh, I think you saw that with some other bands for younger people like ta- or, uh, like Little Feet. So I think that, you know, sometimes Fish really knows what's going on. And this was, in many people's regards, the greatest Halloween cover set that they've ever done. Mr. Miner actually has a wonderful piece about the importance of this uh, show. And he actually has a great link to an interview Page did with David Byrne in 1998. And, I mean, Page really sums it up. He said, It may have had the biggest effect on us because we really learned the grooves and we really tried to get inside the grooves on the album. I took so much away from that. And the groove-oriented playing that we've done in the last few years, repetition, pulling things out, putting them back, all that sort of thing, a lot of it was from learning Remain in Light. So right from Paige's mouth, you can tell, you know, what an important event and set this was for Fish. So let's get into the sound check. So the sound check is one song, and it is the song Overload, which is the very last track on Remain in Light. So there's a 9 minute and 42 second sound check that exists that's, again, uh, on the official release. So we will be linking that on Spotify. So make sure you check that out. And... The crazy thing about the overload, which is kind of this weird, kind of out there, trippy kind of song, it was actually written by Talking Heads as their attempt to sound like the British kind of punk band Joy Division. The craziest thing ever is they actually wrote this song and no one in the band had ever heard a song by Joy Division. Instead, What they tried to do is make a song based on what other media people had described the sound of Joy Division. So, I mean, that is the craziest friggin' story I've ever read in my life. So, yeah, they never heard Joy Division, so they made a song that they thought based on what other people had described the sound of Joy Division. And that's where you get the overload. So the sound check again is Fish playing this at about the five minute mark. Fish jumps on the vacuum for a little bit, talks to Paul. Um, There's crazy sounds going on. And again, they would play this as the very last track in the Remain in Light. So we will again have that on the Spotify playlist that you can check out. And we're going to jump into a song that I have from an excellent audio recording from a good friend, Craig Hillwig, which you can find on Chillwig on Twitter. His recording is fantastic, and I'm going to play from you from the show 
The Incredible Simple, which comes in the third set. Uh, side note, there is a great 2001 that's kind of unique here with Carl Perazzo on it that you should check out as well. But the Simple is, again, Carl Perazzo is on this as well, and it has one of the deepest pocket grooves that you're going to find in fish. And actually is great. It kind of is showing everything we've been talking about, this huge groove, and you'll hear the sound right here in the third sets already start to creep into fish during this simple. And it would foreshadow the rest of 96 sound and, of course, springboard into 1997. So this is the simple from October 31st, 1996 at the Omni in Atlanta.
I absolutely love Simple, and that is one of my favorite versions of the song. What a deep pocket groove, what a cool sound, and most importantly, what a show. So thanks everybody for tuning in to episode 46 of the Daily Soundcheck. Our next episode will be more of our original format. The soundcheck is audience recorded, and we'll have that right in the podcast, and it gets a little crazy. And folks, we are really getting into the good stuff. Because this is the last one from 96, and that famous year, 1997, is on the horizon. So thanks, everybody. Please enjoy your fish, and peace be the journey. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com.